Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Are you troubled by stale podcasts in the middle of the night? Do you love films that feature the busting of spooks, specters, or ghosts? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Ghostbusters Resurrection is an RPG audio drama combining tabletop gaming and cinematic paranormal elimination adventures. Call the professionals at nerdyshow.com slash ghostbusters. We are ready to believe you. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBear here with another episode of Flame On. It is the month of March, and we are here with our microsode, which probably won't be so micro, because this topic deserves our full attention. We have been waiting for eight long weeks to do this episode, and it is finally time. Although if you are one of our patrons, thank you very much, first of all. But you did hear some of uh, our conversation and our initial thoughts on the first half of this show on our Patreon. Um, But we're here to do a full dive into the world of WandaVision, WandaVision, WandaVision. And as promised, I'm going to introduce him first because I told y'all, I said this back in, I think, January, early January, late December, early January, when we first were talking about this. And I said, I'm going to make sure that this man, this person, this lady friend of ours makes her way onto the show to talk about this show. Because she is our very own Scarlet Bitch. Oral is here. I was right, hoes. I was <laughs> right. I got everything I wanted. A bitch was right. Welcome back, me. Um, hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be here and talk about the greatest story ever told. <laughs> <laughs> we are also joined uh, on the West Coast by Brian. Hello. And also in Orlando, we've got Eric. Howdy. And BJ. Hi. 
Hello, everybody. It has been eight long weeks. Nine episodes of WandaVision have been released into the world. And uh, we got a, a story that was told in a way that I never anticipated Marvel telling a story. And we got a masterclass in storytelling about grief and what it can do not only to the person that is living through the grief, but what they it what that grief can intentionally and unintentionally do to the people around them. So we are going to dive into uh, what we thought about the show, things that we enjoyed. Uh, we'll talk about some potential uh, either missed opportunities or maybe things that we wish uh, had been done better. Um, and uh, maybe even dive into some wild speculation about where these dangling plot threads that were uh, teased to us at the end of the final episode, the series finale, this episode nine that just released uh, a few days ago from when we were recording this. So... Let's go ahead and uh, we'll let this magical girl be the star of the show and uh, tell us how he enjoyed WandaVision. Oral, what uh, what was your overall thoughts and uh, what were some, some big highlights and good takeaways from WandaVision for you? I loved it from beginning to end. I think it seamlessly moved through the different eras of television. It knew what it wanted to do. Uh, I've been reading articles about it, and I, I try to stay away from thought pieces because um, they usually just end up being echo chambers of just, like, everything I agree with or, like, you know, the the dime store critic who wants to put in their two cents, not understanding, like, how stories work, um, having the space to, like, build over, what, nine episodes um, was a joy to watch. I I think the, the biggest thing for me was WandaVision decided to tell a story, a very specific story about, you know, two characters who have been underserved in the movies, um, who have been underserved in the comics from time to time. Uh, and I'm not the biggest Vision fan. I like Vision because Vision and Wanda have had great stories together. But seeing both of those characters interact without the distraction of, like, Scarlett Johansson, or that guy who plays Hawkeye, who may also be Scarlett Johansson. Uh, it, I, I, it was amazing to me. And it also showed me that you control your, your audience and it'd still be okay. Like, people had all of these crazy, insane fan theories, but they're not obligated to give you any of those. Does it does it build the story? Does it add to the story? Or do you just want to see it because you think it's cool? They did so many things that were cool that had nothing to do with, like, the greater Marvel universe. But, you know, focusing on these two characters, giving them um, amazing development, you know, giving them their own sort of, like, bubble to play in, pardon the pun, was just phenomenal to me. And then, like, of course, those big fandom moments when you see, like, Monica manifest her powers, the twins, you know, Wanda being called the Scarlet Witch, which I've, I never thought they would ever call her, um, and seeing her in an, um, an updated costume, like, in her own right, just lording over these hoes, it was, it was everything I wanted. 
it was everything I wanted. Absolutely. When when she got called the Scarlet Witch, I legit squealed in my house. I gasped. Like, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and do you know how hard it has been for me? Because I've either been watching WandaVision at like three o'clock in the morning where I can't scream my head off. <laughs> Or I'm watching it at like nine or ten in the morning, and my roommate's uh, office, his home office, is the, the room next to mine. So he's in all of these like really important meetings, and I can't scream my head off as moments <laughs> that I have waited my goddamn entire life for are going on. <laughs> oh goodness, I love it! I love it, Eric. What were uh, what were your thoughts on WandaVision? I thought this was a really great format to tell a story of this character because I think I don't think it would have been as effective to try and squeeze her entire journey of grief into a two and a half hour movie. I think a lot of stuff would have gotten uh, thrown to the wayside. Um, I don't think you would have gotten time to develop some of the secondary characters as well. Um, and they probably would have tried to squeeze a big bad into it to explain the hex more so than it just being her own grief. And I think it was really effective that way that they told it um, and just let her and Vision's relationship breathe. Um, so I loved that. I loved the secondary characters. Uh, Jimmy and Darcy were fantastic. Um, Monica, everything about her is fantastic. Going into, she's probably what going to go into Captain Marvel two is when we'll see her again, probably. Um, and then just everything about Catherine Hahn, everything. <laughs> <laughs> the best. <laughs> she was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. BJ, give us some uh, some thoughts and insights that you had on WandaVision. So, uh, the music, uh, holy fucking shit. Like I, they got the, um, the, it was the creators of the, all the music from frozen, yep. uh, that couple to kind of craft a lot of the music, but it was also just the way the music was felt throughout the show. Uh, there's, uh, I know, I think I sent you guys the, the analysis that somebody did that technically we've been listening to Agatha all along, or some version of it uh, with the with the si- similar rhythm, uh, sometimes similar notes, but j- definitely the similar uh, ri- rhythm. Uh, and I found that fucking downright diabolical. Like, in, I was just like, how has nobody else done this in a way that was just so fucking perfect? Because um, that song was like number one on iTunes. I think it might still be number one on iTunes right now. Um, so that was great. I I definitely love the whole because for me the biggest tragedy for me in all of the mcu is we never got a secret avengers movie before infinity war and i would have loved to have seen you know tony's team working on some sort of issue you've got steve's team working on some sort of issue and then you have wanda and vision kind of meeting having these secret meetings to see each other falling in love like I wanted that in the worst way, um, and this scratched that itch um, so much. It, it was it was perfect because you um, it you don't really get 
decent romance in sort of the action comic book genre. I really can't think of anyone that ever stood out to me that I was like, oh, but this definitely, it, it scratched that itch. It it didn't, it, di- it wasn't scared to pull punches at, at times. Like you're just sitting there like, okay, where are the, where are the kids at? Are they good? They're taking a nap? Like just moments like that where you're like, and, and, and the whole thing with white vision, um, that was the most visiony fight ever. Like vision is one of visions always been one of those characters. That's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's talk about a logic problem. And I'm like, I was like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. And that was, that was something that the character would do. And there's no question about it. That he would be like, all right, we're just we're just wailing on each other. We're both made of the same material. This isn't going to work. It harkens back to a war games. Uh, the only way to win is not to play. Uh, yeah, and it also harkens back to when he was having when uh, all the Avengers were discussing the Sokovia Accords, and Vision's like, "Let me propose an equation," and and uh, Rhodey's reaction like, "Oh, this might this is going to be good." Um, so uh, it's. It, it, it definitely it hit all those sweet notes for me, and I'm super excited to see what the future holds for everybody. Like, I really the thing that shocked me the most is that once White Vision kind of got his memories back with none of the context and none of the emotional attachment, uh, he just kind of took off. So, ain't that like a man that just <laughs> up and leaves? <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's it like that's that's pretty much what happened in the comics when they rebuilt Vision. He had his memories, but he had none of the emotional attachment to them. And Wanda's just kind of like, "Sup?" And he's like, "Sup?" And then like you know they they kind of their relationship kind of didn't happen again because he's not the same person. Um, so it'll be very interesting um, if he does pop up in Doctor Strange 2. It'll be very interesting if, hell, even if he pops up in like Secret Invasion. Um, and I think Monica's supposed to also pop up in Secret Invasion. Um, I think Secret Invasion, uh, Riri uh, is supposed to pop up in it. Um, Nick Fury, Monica. Oh, Lord, here and- we go. All these fan <laughs> theories. Have no, no, they're, 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 on the ca- they're on the cast list. They're, they're actually they're they're on the they're actually on the thing now whether or not they're gonna pull a Ralph Boner um and be like like somebody signed this Riri Williams and then that's the end that's the only cameo but um but yeah no it was it was perfect jumping off point for a lot of the projects that they're they're thinking about doing they definitely learned a lesson from the Mandalorian where I don't think they expected the Mandalorian to be kind of this new springboard for Star Wars and so now that they've kind of seen that formula they've definitely they definitely used it here uh and marvel always excels when they try something new so um like the whole idea of the first doctor strange movie was supposed to be the the first horror movie in the mcu but they got scared and they scaled it back so now uh multiverse of madness is supposed to be more uh horror inclined especially with sam raimi uh and it with dealing with it. So it'll be interesting to see how it, how it pans out. Uh, but like if this, if this is any sign of things to come, cause next we got, we got the other two people with PTSD, um, Falcon and winter soldier coming in. So it'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, I can't or wait for all shake of, it out for each other. I mean, I, 
Honestly, it could just be them sitting there arguing with each other for like 45 minutes, which I think that's what every episode is going to be. Um, And then make up sex at the end of it? Yes. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I'm sold. I mean, they don't even have to have makeup sex. They could have. They could hate each other in in the middle of it. That's fine too. Hate sex. I'm good with that too. Like, <laughs> whatever works. <laughs> but no, WandaVision, um, ten out of ten, perfect. Um, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna rewatch it with like a tub of ice cream. Um, and I the l- final thing is I absolutely loved that ninety percent of the fan theories didn't happen. <laughs> I'm completely okay with that because there were some fan theories that I was like, this isn't a CW show. You're not just going to merge the universes and act like it did nothing like the, the previous two seasons didn't happen. Like, no, 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 no. So I'm, I'm very excited that a 90% of the fan theories didn't happen. And the best part is they've given us the perfect cackling reaction which is Agatha holding a dead Sparky. I just love it. I use it so often. So often. It's just... I, use the, I use the wink one. <laughs> the wink one's probably my... That, that's the one I use. So many amazing reactions. Oh, and, and quick shout out to Black Twitter for the Deshaun. Uh, oh, Deshaun is great. Those have been beautiful. So thank, thank you, Black Twitter, for that. That is a gift from the gods. That was amazing. That absolutely <laughs> was fantastic. Brian, what are some positive takeaways for you from WandaVision? Uh, you guys have, like, you know, talked about everything. Uh, Girl, you go in third. I still have to go. <laughs> or fourth. I, I still have to go. And yeah, by the time, I'm just going to be like, the oh, font that. they used for the credits was fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian. I know I know. normally music's your thing, but I had to talk about no, it. No, so. no, no, no. Actually, honestly, other than the themes, the, the music was fairly rote as far as, like, I love the, the themes. Uh, oh, gosh. Was it Beck? Chris Beck? I think Christoph Chris Beck. Beck is rolling over in his grave right now. Thank you. <laughs> it was good. It was fine. It's serviceable. I love I love the themes, and I love the uh, the end credits theme. That's, that's his, I think, major stuff, uh, contribution. But, like, I love the show for what it tried to do for most of it. No, I, 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 I want this to be clear on anything I say after I, I did really enjoy the show. I, I love the focus on TV history. I love the, the love and attention to detail that every era's version of whatever it's representing took. I love all of the character actors uh, who I was going back through and I'm like, Oh my God, it's, you know, Kat Dennings, obviously, Evan Peters, of course, Randall Park, yes. But like Deborah Jo Rupp, uh, who who is the mom from uh, that 70s show. Oh, uh, yeah. Fred uh, Melamed, who I, he's been in so many things and I can't remember one iconic role. But um, God, there's just so, so, so many people who were in the show in a very supporting role that were amazing. Uh, but of course, like Catherine Hahn and Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, like they stole the show. Like, and, 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 oh my God, like the Monica, Monica Rambo as, and I don't know Tayona Paris's other work, but like, I've never thought that I would see Monica Rambo. One of my favorite characters from next wave, which they'll never do. <laughs> next wave. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I wish it would. I wish it could. Right. Cause it's so, I love that. I love that uh, comic, but like, I just, it's so cool to see Marvel's 
deeper cuts brought to the masses in a way that is not only palatable as Marvel, but has these delightful flourishes like the, the TV, uh, you know, exploration and stuff. So I love all of that. Um, I, I will, I will save any criticisms uh, uh, until I guess a future round here, but I definitely had moments where I felt like the show, I don't know what it would have done differently. Like I don't have like, Oh, it should have done this versus that. But like, I know people who love the show until they got to like the full stop Marvel part, which of course is going to be there. Like it's a Marvel show. Of course it is. But that really was a hard sell for them because they didn't really care about the backstory. And, and, and again, that's not, uh, I'm not saying the piece is flawed because of that, but it certainly complicates like the uh, relationship that the audience had to the material like that first episode where they did the, uh, oh God, what was the episode title? It was uh, a now for a commercial break or what? Oh, uh, yeah. For a live studio audience. No, we was, interrupt this program. That's it. Yeah. So all of the episode titles, all of the episode titles were very stock television uh, like lines like that. I don't know if anyone else like went back and looked at the, you know, the titles, but yeah. they're all like that, right? Um, and that episode I dug because it really ex- it explains so much and it linked it really deeply into the Marvel Cinematic Universe like lore and, and, and continuity. But for a lot of people who didn't know that, didn't care about that, but they just were loving that that television uh, sort of journey. It was hard. I, I saw many people who kind of hit that episode and it was like the breaks. And I don't know what they again, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you do both. They did, I think try their best and succeed more than fail in making a show that is really special as a version, as a, an exploration of television and as a great addition to the Marvel cinematic universe. But again, it's, it's impossible, I think to please both, both sets of audiences. Right. Um, but anyway, I, I always, I say that only as a contrarian kind of position, right? I, I did enjoy it overall. The moment when Wiccan and uh, not Hulkling, the moment when Wiccan and what's what's the other speed <laughs> speed. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's such a generic superhero name, right? Um, what the 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 moment when they showed up as like and they got their powers, like I audibly like gasp and sort of had like an emotional beat. The moment when Vision and when we're spoiling stuff, right? The moment when you know White Vision gets his memories back and you see that there's a continuity there that blew my mind the fact that they mentioned the ship of theseus which if you're a doctor who fan last like i mean i'm sure pop culture has used this many times over but like the doctor was it uh was uh capaldi's first episode talking about a broom and when you replace the broom handle is it the same as the you know that whole thing like that's so it's such a great intellectual exercise i love that they the two major pop culture uh, properties have worked that into their their story beats it's like really cool to see that kind of thing right um and then of course Catherine Hahn like I oh okay one more thing Catherine Hahn I love her to death I love that she th- sang the theme song in part uh although I guess there's a like a, a a bear actor singer oh no he's a singer uh who did the um uh pity 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 like the little bass line in that part uh I guess he like does voices of liberty and um Anaheim. Uh, yeah. So anyway, random aside, who cares? Uh, but I love Catherine Hahn so much. The, the, the CG ish face uh, when she reveals herself fully and is like <laughs> levitating at the end of that one episode, her glow up 
a little distracting, a little <laughs> like, wait, that's not that's CG. That's it, it was a weird beat visually for me. And I mean, I think we've passed around memes about it, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, again, such a great show overall. I just those things kind of were like, oh, huh? Um, but yeah, Wait, are you, are you referring to Ag- Agastasia Beverly Harkness yes. Hills? <laughs> so my, I have three counterpoints to you, Brian. Please. One, how dare you talk about the <laughs> way she looked in your shake and go wig after watching 52,000 seasons of Drag Race and eating it up with a goddamn spoon. He, he put on his best season four Dita Ritz wig. Well. <laughs> Too, I, I have a really big issue talking about like how do you please the audience. I think great storytelling doesn't take the audience into account, and and it is us like as the audience to decide do we want to participate in this this form art form yes or no. And so to say that like oh you know this is where the hard stop is like I was loving everything prior or like after, I think it isn't really valid when you think about like, you know you're going to watch a Marvel series. Yes, it's very different from everything that we have watched, but that's the that's the contract that we make when we're experiencing something, right? And so like, I don't think it's, you know, I've heard a lot of complaints. It was like, oh, like the first three episodes are so slow or I really wasn't into it. But then like on the on the other side is like as soon as the Marvel stuff started to kind of weave its way in, like I loved it. But that's not taking the piece as a whole. That's you piecemealing what you like and what you don't like. But that's not the the art form as a whole. And I think we do that more with television series than we do with movies because you think of movies as this like continuous sort of thing, um, and television series as these like truncated pieces. But if 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 WandaVision or, you know, we were talking about The Mandalorian has taught us anything is that we need to get back to the serialized way we consume because we're so used to binging everything and and taking it as a whole. And it's not. It's, you know, that's not how they, they want it. They, they wanted it to build. They you, you put all these pieces together. And I think to take out those pieces and say, this thing now does not work. And that's not what you're saying, but to... To not take something as a whole, I don't think is I, I think that that's flawed. That's fundamentally flawed. Well, and, and I don't disagree with you at all. Like I look at it as a gestalt, like you're saying. I look mm-hmm. at it as a whole piece that's episodic. I am only saying that there is this expectation with television. I think it's I think you're you're spot on. It's about television and the nature of a of a show. Historically, for m- mostly the United States, but I'm sure also other countries that have this this problem and the show has this continuity and consistency of style mm-hmm. and that first episode i mean it kind of goes back to like the happy days jump the shark episode which i'm not saying one division jumped the shark that's not what i'm saying here but when you, you you groom expectations of the audience and then you throw them that first curveball one of two things will happen right some fucking love it eat more of it like turn into it just dig it and that's i think most i think that's all of us but then there are the shows or that that the audience people and, and they're that's how they feel. They get that curveball and they go, "Well, this isn't what I signed up for." Now, that's not right or wrong, but that's their way to react. And so all I'm pointing out is it's a hard, 
it's a it's a it's a Herculean task to me what they did. And I think mm-hmm. as a gestalt, it works really well. But it definitely could have been a little deceiving for some people who again have that idea that there should be this consistency of form. So just, you know, it's an exploration of that. I don't I don't agree with it. I think like I said, it's lovely. Um yeah. but, but I, I think just, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, you know, touching on deceiving, like the the show is about deception. Like Absolutely. you deceive yourself and you build this fantasy world. And like, we are, we are watching a show within a show, but you know, for some people in the show, this is reality. And you know, for others, it's a hellish landscape. I found it very reassuring. I thought it was a <laughs> lovely place to raise children. If you are so inclined. Um, but I think, I think that deception, cause you know, like this is the most fun I have had in a Marvel film period. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think completely subverting what people anticipated was half the fun because you want to be surprised. And I think the surprises, you know, landed really well and just when you thought you understood something you knew you were absolutely fucking wrong except for me who was right i was right (laughs) no and i i i love that you're you're right the 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 wool the the rug being pulled out from under you is a moment in television i mean like one of my favorite shows is mr robot the those first moments when you realize what you've been seeing is unreliable as a as a narrator Mm -hmm. or or just everything is immediately recontextualized in this really cool way I live for that. That is my, that is my jam. Any show that pulls that off. Uh, so I, I was so happy when, I mean, we all kind of had a sense that, you know, uh, Agnes uh, was not who she said, you know, but like that moment when they did the, the, the theme song, it's just, it's perfection. It's so delicious as a moment of, of, of turning everything on its head. But then it's funny because it also backed it up a little bit and was like, well, everything except that no, Wanda still did all this shit and it's still, you know, whatever. Well, and and the thing is, she may not had actually been Agnes, Agnes, but the bitch is now, until Wanda says otherwise. I was disappointed by that. Honestly, if I could have picked the ending I wanted, I, I would have totally had her redeemed and be, like, aged and become the Agatha Harkness from the comics. But that's me being a comics fan and, you know, wanting that reality, right? But I mean, I, I was... I was hoping that they wouldn't age her, but that they would do that. When when she said the line about, I can teach you how to do th- I was like, okay, this is how we're going to get to keep her yeah, and grow out of this whole thing, which didn't happen, obviously. But the door is still there. They didn't kill her off. They didn't, you know, do anything super drastic with her. They can go back to that well and say... Okay, let's go ahead and do this. I'm glad Marvel learned the lesson of not killing off your villains because it took how many Iron Mans and other movies, Spider Mans? I'd like, oh, yeah, don't kill your villains off because they could come back and be useful, you know? Well, it and that my thing is that the it's because I really, even though she was heavy handed in the way she went about things. I don't see Agne- uh, Agatha really as a villain. I see her more as just an opportunist. She saw an opportunity to get something she wanted, and then she realized, oh no, this 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 is not what I expected to find. Um, and the interesting thing to me is that 
to me, nobody, there was really no redemption in the show. Whereas, the, like, Wanda, everything, as soon as she be, she fully realized herself as a Scarlet Witch, there wasn't, there was something absent in her character that's always been there. And we're going to find out whether or not that's a good or bad thing in, in Doctor Strange, possibly, because the thing is, she's uh, somebody put it very somebody put it very, very uh, eloquently is they said, you know, um, Wanda is now fully realized as a Scarlet Witch. That's awesome. Uh, she also has a lot of free time and she's studying the Darkhold. Uh oh. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things is and and something about. Wanda bugged me and I got and this is some this might be a de- this might be me reading into things too much but everything in Age of Ultron was Wanda's doing from the moment she fussed with Tony's brain he that it, Tony already had the idea for Ultron but the moment she fucked with his brain and he had the the mind stone all of a sudden, all this shit's happening, including Vision being created. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, that seems awfully weird. And then as and then once we get into WandaVision, even the way her powers reacted once her grief was really released, I'm like... So it's really the biggest question right now is, now that Wanda's aware of what her powers are... Is she actually in control of her own powers? And if she's not controlling her powers, what or who is? Well, you're asking, is she the villain or the hero? I mean, that's yeah. what it comes down to, right? Um, yeah. But before we, you know, this is, there's so many directions, right? Pat, what did <laughs> you know. love about this uh, series? Sorry, Pat. Uh, the font usage was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was a delightful font. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I there's a lot that I could just retread and I'm not going to, but the opening credits stylized for the different sitcom eras were fantastic. The Bewitch, um, the one that was heavily influenced by Bewitch, the, the second episode, is probably my favorite. That theme song is still my favorite to this day. And it is the one that is the full set of tritones complete. Like that's, mm-hmm. that is the tritones. Um for that entire song like that is what it's com- uh, comprised of uh where a lot of the other ones have modifications or or bits and pieces where it's used um so i legit will just be walking down the street and go one division one division um but i i enjoyed the show very much um it's funny brian that you said that you saw a lot of reactions where people were hardcore invested in the first three episodes and then hit a wall once it got to um, uh, episode four. I saw the complete opposite everywhere. And I still see it. Like today I was, um, I've stayed away from Facebook a lot for the last like month, month and a half. And uh, I was scrolling through today and I, because I have muted so many people in areas that are just not being (laughs) responsible i have a whole new facebook because i've uh, snoozed so many people that it was somebody I, I don't really interact with often and they were like oh we try to you know we heard all the hype about wandavision so we gave it a try uh worst show and i'm just i want to sit there and be like no you were just bad <laughs> you are a bad person 
but a lot of the comments were just like, oh, it was so boring. I fell asleep, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I, I know that you have to be a certain type of fan. Like you can't just have casually seen a Marvel movie or two and feel invested in the show. Um, I know that we have a deeper connection because of the comics, because we actually have lived with these characters longer than um, just the last couple of years since what was 2015 was Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we got Scarlet Witch and, and Vision introduced into the MCU. So seeing uh, like all of that progress, and I'm I'm a huge lover of old sitcoms. When I was growing up, um, and this will tell my age, Nick at Night was late 50s, 60s uh, sitcoms. So, Same. yeah. So, I mean, we're all roughly in the same, like, you know, plus or minus five years from me. Where nowadays, like, if you turn on Nick at Night, it's, you know, the the George Lopez show from, you know, 2005 or, or whatever. And it's just Big like, oof. oh, so crazy. But that's that's what I grew up on because that's what we watched at night. You know, I watched My Three Sons and uh, the Patty Duke show and all of those things. So for me, the first three episodes were fantastic in just kind of like the ridiculousness of it all, like and seeing a different aspect and a different side of these characters and knowing that it's building to a bigger story because unlike a, a movie, you know that this is spanning the course of eight weeks and just kind of really getting to dig into all of the, the the ridiculousness. And now having seen it all, I watched the first two episodes again and caught littler nods to things that then what were initially brought up in the think pieces and the 89 things you missed in this episode of WandaVision, um, including like the first theme song, the, the first intro the first introduction to the show, there is a line that says that calls Wanda a magical gal. Mm-hmm. And then when we get the, the Agatha Harkness reveal, you know, when she comes out and you didn't think you were the only magical girl in town, like getting all of those references now are so crazy. The fact that, you know, how Wanda was manipulating their minds and when they break free, like they're they're how they feel go back to that dinner scene with the hearts where um, the look of, of panic and fear in uh, Mrs. Hart's eyes, like that whole thing like takes on a different level of creepy and crazy. And it, it just like when she's saying, make it stop, make yeah. it stop, make it stop. The eye, Like her eyes. She's just... not talking about the choking man on the floor at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so insane to go back and like, to, to rewatch it and and know all of this stuff now. And it's it just brings another level. Like, it just, it was fantastic. Um, the memes that have come out of it have been some of the best things, you know, in the last <laughs> month or so, like, that have just, oh, so good. Um, and, then, and then on a personal note, interacting with some of, like, my favorite drag queens about this show. And, like, every Friday for the last, you know, like, month and in, in change, I would tweet back and forth with Nina West and and talk WandaVision. <laughs> it's like the craziest thing seeing how far and wide the show has spread. Like seeing so many of the drag race queens um get into it. But yeah, I mean overall I I really thoroughly enjoy the show. Um 
I when we got um when we got the Scarlet Witch reveal like I talked about before when I saw White Vision for the first time I screamed out loud like that one episode from probability hex to chaos magic to the Scarlet Witch to White Vision like that right there was like a checklist of every comic like a thing imaginable for me that got brought into it because one of the weirdest things has always been the probability hex and like describing Wanda's power mm-hmm. in that respect. Like we always talk about, Oh, she bends the fabric of reality, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Franklin Richards does that. Proteus does that. We get it. Like there was always something more to it. And I just, I love that. Um, I loved the uh, <laughs> illusion that, after she left Westview, uh, she quickly slid into her folklore slash Evermore phase in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, I am still the first thing when I saw that mountain and that lake and everything, the first thing that slipped off my tongue. I, mind you, I live alone with, with my dog. So Havoc isn't saying anything to anybody. So I just talk out loud to myself, really. I just go one to gore. And in my head, like I call it wild fan speculation <laughs> but i want that to be wondagore mountain i wanted to have that title to, to wanda and her like comic backstory and i can hope and i can pray but um yeah it it it, it was just fantastic uh yeah so that 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 was there's that, my my positive thoughts on uh wandavision now dear listeners we hope that you are enjoying this and all of the other um, multimedia that is coming your way by Flame On and uh, the Nerdy Show Network and Omniverse. If you are enjoying us, why not head over to our brand new website? I'm going to call it brand new for like six months. Um, and then it'll <laughs> become, you know, just our regular website. But it's all nice and pretty. And if you haven't been there in a while, go check it out because uh, it's a fancy schmancy new website. It has all of our uh, links to different uh social media platforms for the show uh ways that you can connect and interact with us uh both directly and uh through email or discord means uh you can follow us on uh youtube you can follow our individual twitch channels and now that bj is uh in the the twitch stream seat he has been added to our list of uh twitch streams on our website now we just need to get eric to get his ass in gear and start streaming on, uh, on Twitch. <laughs> but uh, all of that is there for your enjoyment. And uh, as is our link to our Threadless store. So if you are in the mood to support the show by purchasing some swag, why not check out our apparel and accessories on our Threadless shop? Um, and you can also go to our Patreon and uh, join up on our Patreon under one of our current levels, new levels are coming soon. We're hammering out details currently, and uh, we'll get those up uh, very soon. And I will say this in our next episode where it will be official, but a huge shout out to uh, Joel Bradshaw, who has been a, uh, a listener and a friend of our podcast for a long time. He is our newest patron. So thank you, Joel, and happy belated birthday. His birthday was a couple of days ago. I want to say like four days ago from when we're recording. So it'll be like a little over a week when this episode uh, comes out. But happy belated birthday, Joel. And thank you for being a patron. Uh, You can join Joel as a patron of our show at patreon.com forward slash flame on show. 
And you can check out our website at flameonshow.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, so we've talked the positives um, it, for the most part. Uh, you know, I think we covered a lot of great ground. The show had a lot of really great things uh, that are brought to the table uh, but I think there are maybe some areas for improvement. I don't even want to call it improvement. Like, what are things that maybe you thought could have happened, should have happened, or ways that you would have maybe tweaked the show uh, in your opinion? Uh, let's throw it over to Oral. I think it was absolutely perfect. <laughs> I think they gave us, like I said, the greatest story ever told. As a Scarlet Witch fan, you get nothing. I've got nothing all my life. Everybody else gets toys. Everybody else gets merchandise. It was perfect. And and the 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 furor behind it, the the excitement goes to show you that you can tell a story about two weird characters that have always in my mind been A-list characters but never got their due. And I thought it was well, like you don't have to get everything out of something. But what they do give you can be everything to you. And that's what I felt like. And we will be taking no other questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't disagree with you uh, because they have not been given a lot of due. And um, one thing that I didn't say before, uh, one of the things that I appreciated the most about the show was that it, in a short period of time, especially in that, that trip down memory lane, it gave us everything we needed to know about why and how Wanda and Vision connected. Because it always felt rushed in the movies. It was like, here, here they are introduced in this movie. Here they are in the second movie. Weirdly kind of vibing on each other. And then they're in love and on the run in this third movie post coitus yeah like it, it it didn't seem to like it was left to us as comic fans to know oh they're together like that's just how this is supposed to be and we fill in that 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 blank space with our comic knowledge so to get that scene with probably the most quoted line of this show it put everything into a great perspective for for me for that um and now oral you have tons of merchandise including a fantastic scarlet witch levitating funko pop which 
I'm no lie. I'm 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 dodging and weaving these Funko Pops, but they got me with the Hot Toys. Have you seen the Hot Toy yet? No. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm gonna send the link to the group. It's oh, they got me good. I'm gonna have to do some begging and pleading because <laughs> that that bitch is gonna be expensive. But I need it. <laughs> I saw the Cosbabies, uh, I think yesterday, and some other stuff. But that that White Vision Funko Pop that glows in the dark, oof. So uh, BJ, what improvements or or things that maybe didn't a hundred percent hit the mark with you uh, were there in WandaVision? My client so, pleads the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's funny because uh, there was an interview done on uh, Kevin Smith's podcast uh, with the director and uh, I think the creator, and he actually said they asked him this kind of this question like what what are your regrets what what wasn't included or something you wanted to do and he actually said he had more stuff um, filmed with um, Monica Darcy. And Jimmy, um, and the, it was just little bits and pieces. But he said he really wanted all th- he wanted all three of them to be a part, have a bigger part in that final fight. And uh, he said Monica's part definitely got in there, but he 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 definitely wanted more for Jimmy and Darcy. So honestly, uh, my only complaint is that we didn't get more like we didn't get more episodes or more um more of monica but um i'm very i'm beyond excited for monica um for all of the other projects so if their if their point was to make me make me hungry for more uh women and co- women of color in the mcu they did a fantastic job um and they honestly i really really want to spin off with darcy and jimmy in the worst way or at least have them pop up more like agent colson did at the at the start of the mcu um so yeah just just more is is probably my, is my complaint i wanted even more and apparently and that's just me being greedy and apparently they they filmed the scene with um monica the kids and ralph trying to sneak back into the basement to get the dark hold Oh, and wow. then uh, they run into Senora Scratchy, and Senora Scratchy turns into a demon. And uh, there's a, a they he describes it as uh, an American werewolf in London, like transformation and scene. Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, so it was filmed. With, uh, doesn't have the completed CGI with it, but uh, they ended up cutting it because of time constraints, and it just felt too over bloated for what it was. But uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I love that Darcy popped in uh, by ramming the funnel cake truck into uh, into the sword vehicle and uh, trapping Hayward and, and, you know, having his come up. Oh, and... Mr. Mayo. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been calling him, Mr. Mayo. Uh, Eric, what uh, what points of contention or things would you change with WandaVision? Anything Eric says from here on out, he's a goddamn liar and probably a junkie. <laughs> I could have used more episodes um, as as far as, again, like we talked about, we were all such that Nick at Night old 
sitcom stuff, I would have liked more kind of a slower evolution of shows. Um, but again, that would have elongated the story and probably would have thrown off the timing of everything. Um, but I would have loved more play with those different genres of sitcoms. Um, the Evan Peters of it all, I go back and forth on <laughs> because on one hand, I was so excited his first, like when he first showed up and like, I'm like, oh my God, all the things that this could mean. And then it just turned into Ralph Boner. Um, and <laughs> I don't know how they could have dealt with Wanda's grief over Pietro without doing something like that. Something that the audience would have easily recognized as Pietro. You couldn't have had just a random person come up and be Pietro. It had to be one of those two actors. So it made sense. It just... Uh, it just kind of, at the end, left me wanting more. Again. Um, I mean, it was a long way to go for a dick joke. Like, it really was. That. Like... That was the lo- that was a long game for a dick joke, but I mean, it felt too meta. But that was the best part of it for me, honestly, because it 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 almost without them even knowing, and I'm sure they knew that there were going to be all of these fan theories that they knew they weren't going to pay off, but they knew, and like you said, it had to be one of the two actors because us as the viewers not as part of, you know, anything else, because in world, everybody was like, she recast Pietro, you know, we'll put dash quote Darcy, you know. (laughs) Um, But for us as viewers, we had to know a Pietro or a Peter as he was in the, uh, the, the Fox X-Men universe. But I love the fact that it was this whole like kind of nudge, nudge, wink, wink, but meant nothing because Everybody was like, this is how the the, the X-Men are going to be brought in. It's going to be this whole thing. There's going to be mutants. There's going to be blah, 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 blah. And it, as time went on, I was like, none of this is going to lead to mutants. Like, why would it? Because her magic wasn't her mutation. Her magic was separate from her mutation, which wasn't a mutation, which was, you know, like it, it's this whole weird thing and how comics are retconny and, and do all of this stuff. Um but I thought it was fantastic in that respect. And also because while I love the time in a bottle scene, the use of Quicksilver in the X-Men movies was just, it was a one trick pony that by the time we got to the fourth time around, it was this, the biggest throwaway aside from Jennifer Lawrence being in the movie and thrown away into spikes and being (laughs) killed of the whole thing. Like, honestly, it just, it went nowhere and had no other resonance to the entire thing. Like, so for me, I loved the fact that it was a long way to go for a dick joke. Obviously I love that Wanda is fully realized as the Scarlet witch. Now that's fantastic. However, I'm a little concerned about the Scarlet witch being this entity that she is embodying and I don't want it to become a Dark Phoenix situation. 
But I she's she's experiencing her dark phoenix. John Byrne dragged every female Marvel character <laughs> through the mud. That's what he did. So like you can call it how and then like um you know, House of Ven, Darker Than Scarlet, like all of it kinda works. Like, you know, she is this being, this potential being of great uh, you know, creation or destruction, stronger than the sorcerer supreme. We all know absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's just, that's the name of the game. So, like, if if she does go dark, so be it. Chances are it won't be her fault. <laughs> just like I said, it wasn't her fault. Um, but, I mean, that, if if we get that sort of Dark Phoenix arc, I totally trust them to do it well. Because Fox hasn't been able to put it off. And they've tried, at this point, what, three times? Yeah. Twice, yeah. but yeah, no, exactly. But And the thing is that I have a ton of faith in Feige running the Marvel movies because they will... They'll give it time to breathe and grow. The reason why the Fox Phoenix never worked is because you took something that happened over a period of time in the comics. You took something that in the 90s cartoon took five episodes for her Phoenix saga and then five episodes for the Dark Phoenix saga. Ten full episodes to go from uh, being inhabited to being, you know, killed at the end of the Dark Phoenix saga or ascending because, or whatever, uh, not ascending in the cartoon. Throwing herself into the sun. (laughs) No, in the cartoon, they didn't kill her. She got a piece of everybody's soul and then phoenix was killed oh yeah um but they took they let it breathe every single iteration of the phoenix has always had time to breathe the fox marvel movies have always gone from point a to point z in the course of a a two-hour movie and you can't do that with that kind of that kind of character with wanda and feige controlling that that course of her her character development We'll see. We already okay. We've seen a little bit of it in the the series finale. We saw it in that post credit scene. We'll see more of it in Doctor Strange, and then we'll see it continue to grow and develop through that that arc of movies and or shows that she's involved with. And I'm I'm a hundred percent with Oral on the fact that I trust them to do it right. I, I, I trust them to I trust them to tell a great story. I just hope it's differentiated enough from Dark Phoenix. Think so it, of the goes... makeup. Think of the heels. <laughs> think of the looks. Um, I mean, I, I think. I mean, I think they they've differentiated it already somewhat because we kind of went from Wanda being in this place of of of. Uh, not really insanity, but this place of just where her grief caused her powers to go absolutely fucking berserk and create this sort of sort of safe haven in her own mind. Um, and now we're kind of going to a place to where she's isolated herself. She's learning. She's growing. She's accepted more or less what she what she is. Now the question is, what are external influences going to do? Um, and so like, you've got the dark hold, which is known to corrupt just about everybody that's even glanced at it. 
Um, you know, we've got a whole multiverse of all sorts of creepy crawlies that she's going to run into. So I'm super excited. I'm, I, I'm pretty much trust Vigian them to, to do it well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I totally, totally get that fear, Eric, though. I totally, I was nervous that that was going to happen too, but the show kind of alleviated my fears. And I mean, come on, that hair in her full Scarlet <laughs> Witch outfit, her hair needs oh, to be that, that big. Every that single ensemble time. ensemble is amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> I When she came down in that full outfit, I literally like stopped and was like, damn, she is gorgeous. It just, that whole thing, head to toe. I wish it was a tiny bit redder, but it gave me so much of um, Kevin Wada's Yes. Uh, Scarlet Witch redesign for her, was it 2015 solo series? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was, and uh, actually, Wada on Twitter, uh, after the finale, put up a bunch of the sketches from like the, uh, the brainstorming of her redesign and getting to see those again and see like the progression of where he was at with some of it was stunning. I never checked if they gave him credit, but God, I hope they did. Because as soon as I saw that, I screamed. I was like, oh my God, he has got to be so excited and happy if he if he didn't already know. Yeah. And honestly, it's amazing. I have to go back and reread that run of Scarlet Witch because I really enjoyed it when it first came out. But I forgot that it dealt with grief and like therapy. And mm-hmm. that played so much a part of the final portion of the, the show. Um Brian, what were your critiques and or um, things that could have been better for WandaVision? If that is your real name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, okay. I I do love the meta ideas of the show. I love the fact that it was like a show within a show. I think they explored that a good amount, but I would have loved more of that. I would have loved more of the side characters later in the series. I kind of mentioned that earlier. Um, They kind of like, faded away for the most part um uh yeah I, I think eric you said more exploration of different eras and sort of that I, I again i'd eat that stuff up um one issue and criticism i have and i didn't mention it before and you know it's one of those that i understand sort of i hate to say the words both sides but i do understand that this is a, a discussion that's kind of complicated so you have a hero a heroine hero uh who is basically violating a whole town's consent and then sort of not getting any cup comeuppance. I mean, a little bit, but not a lot. And if I had to, if I didn't love everything else about the show, if I didn't, was not fully into the characters, the, the lore, the way they executed it, everything else. If I wasn't into all of that, I would have a bigger problem. And it's one of those things that when you realize that discontinuity in your ethics or your whatever and in your preference it's a hard thing to justify but it is odd in this day and age where we have such accountability for people in violating consent that to make a whole story about somebody doing that to a whole town and not just and so this is the thing i will say is a saving grace they didn't they didn't like sugarcoat it they several times over pointed out this is a bad thing so I think that's as good as you can do is to is to show that and not shy away completely. But it is still a weird arc to take a hero and have a hero's journey of sorts, but 
end in a kind of a different place. And that's like, maybe that's, that's why this works and, and, and have it all be about violating people's consent. So I don't know. There's, there's more to unpack there. I know it's fiction and I know it's fantasy, so I'm not going to, you know, rain all the woke points down. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like I'm not coming at it that uh, upset. I should say, but it is something to discuss. And I think it's something to sort of be aware of. And um, I, I think I, cause honestly, I kind of had that same initial reaction because she legit just walks through the town and flies away. But the part that we have to, I, I think in a, in a small way do is it's a world of superheroes and it's a, it's a fantasy world and having that suspension of disbelief of, of our real world versus what this is and kind of still needs to happen. We're all super hyper aware of it because of the events of the last year. So I think it's a bit tougher in that respect, but I, I don't necessarily hold my superhero world to the same of like the same standards and regards of the real world. You know, it's kind of where that whole the the whole Wonder Woman 1984 conversation we had back, you know, just after Christmas with like that whole thing. Like it's there is a certain level of if this were a comic book and this story was painted out in a comic book form, we probably wouldn't be having these same discussions. But because it's live action with real people playing these characters, we look at it in a, in a real world perspective. And and that's not to say that I think any, like that we should ever look at it and just go, eh, whatever, this is fine, and you know, in real life. Um, but I think I think if there was something in a a in a, a reality type of show where there was something in that, it would it would be different than in the superhero uh, world. But it uh, so what's what's interesting to me is. I, I mentioned this when the last time we had our, our WandaVision talk is it's out of all the characters, the one that almost seems completely useless is Hayward. Um, however, the thing that Hayward um, has kind of shown is kind of there's this weird sort of distrust or hate or just straight like he just straight up at one point. He's just like, oh, I'm just going to murder Wanda. Like, even though she didn't steal his body. Like this dude straight up villainizes her because he has an issue with people with abilities. And I believe that that's, so we had in the comics, we had Wanda established and everything. And then she completely fucks up all the mutant shit. I think in a way we're kind of seeing the consequences for that are now. So when we do finally get mutants in the MCU, there's going to be a whole thing of like, well, this superpower being did this. And then, and, and so I feel like her consequences are just sort of starting and there is going to be kind of a reckoning for it. And I think that's what we will probably see some in, Do- in Dr. Strange. Also, we've got Baron Mordo out there making a case to fucking murder, which, which is sorcerers. So I, I think there's a possibility we might see her, uh, her issues uh, coming up here soon. I, I, I think you're right. And I want to also say that I 100,000% think they did a better job with this issue than Wonder Woman 1984 or <laughs> Wonder Woman 84. 
uh, because they actually dealt with it. Like they acknowledged it. I didn't love if of all the things uh, that, that yes, but like, I didn't love her comment as she's walking out of the town. Like they'll never see me as uh or, or, you know, that beat. I get why you put that beat in there because you're trying to sort of soften what you've just shown this hero to be in this epic way. You're trying to kind of give it a little bit more of it's like, it's like, it's like, Oh no, no, you still care about her. She's sacrificed so much. So it's, it's a functional thing, but I don't like it. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's organic to Monica as a, as a character depicted in that show, but also just Monica Rambo. Uh, I, I just feel like it was a, a functional thing that they had to put in there to help the audience along a little bit. I, uh, so yeah. I will say this though. And, and I, because honestly up right up until you were talking about it, I felt the exact same way, but something just kind of clicked she went through Monica went through the hex and was a part of that and had the, the, the mind control. She felt Wanda's grief. She has a different relation to the entire thing than anybody outside of the hex than us as viewers do. So I can see her relating that way because she, if there were any way for me to share my pain about any any subject with somebody else they would have a completely different understanding of why i did something or why i felt a certain way um and that's what monica was able to have with wanda where we feel disjointed about it we don't have that same relation in that grief capacity yeah, it's like forced empathy, and and it may and that totally tracks. I actually I I agree with you, but at the same um, but at just, the same time, it doesn't it doesn't feel organic, like you said. It doesn't it doesn't close that wound for us as the viewer, and I yeah. almost kind of think it might be intentional because we don't know yeah. where Wanda's gonna go from yeah. here, and if they put her into a more gray area or a more kind of both sides of the coin, good and bad. It could potentially, we could look back at WandaVision and say, but look what you did. This, and still have that to be able to kind of hold against her versus just kind of absolving her from it and moving on. I think the writers of the MCU movies and projects, TV, and the producers, especially Kevin Feige, like we've talked about, like they are not going to, they're going to be very aware of the consequences of this for her character for projects and projects to come so a hundred percent they've thought about this i think this is sort of the uh oh gosh what's what's their uh what's the movie uh the angelina jolie plays uh from the disney the villainous maleficent maleficent so this is this to me this is the maleficent for the scarlet witch this is her origin first of all don't be disrespectful from scratch don't be disrespectful <laughs> Why would you put those two things in the same sentence? I mean, well, I don't mean in terms of the quality of Maleficent either, because I've honestly <laughs> never seen it. But the idea of it being the uh, the the arc, the the rise of the Scarlet Witch, right uh, into that, all that that is, both good and bad. I think that is a hundred percent what they were doing. So, I mean, it's consistent. I guess it just still you know, has that discussion point, which is a good thing. We should discuss this issue and we should have this in our continuity and awareness 
uh, in life and in comics and in any art. Uh, so, you know, good job, writers. You <laughs> unintentionally had us talk about that. <laughs> um, my only things that I, I kind she of... She doesn't even go here! <laughs> <laughs> My only things that I thought, like, honestly, I I could not fault the show for pretty much the entirety of the first eight episodes. And I'm telling you, like, that eighth episode had me just previously on is probably my favorite of the episodes from the standpoint of giving me, like, everything that I wanted out of the show. I I felt a little empty in the last episode, not because I didn't love it, not because I didn't love this show, but I felt like we fell back into act three of all MCU movies where it's two characters that have the same powers fighting each other. Um, I would have liked to have seen maybe at one point, And I know that there was that little tiny bit right at the beginning when white vision shows up and then he goes to try to crush Wanda's head but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of a fight between the two of them um, to kind of heighten that, that, that piece of her having to fight vision. Um, And then maybe uh, Westview vision having to tussle with Agatha for a little bit and and giving us a little bit different than just same power sets fighting each other. But that's, that's a minor nitpick, you know, because at the end of it, you know, that Agatha has to deal with Wanda, you know, that, it was leading up to the uh, um, the philosophical debate between visions. The show was such a switch of expectation for what MCU is and will give us that it felt like it just fell back. It kind of was like the first Wonder Woman movie. The first two thirds felt very much different than what it had given us. And then uh, Zack Snyder came in in the third act and was just CGI and blowing things up. So um, I wish that there was more of the side characters. You've all have said that I would have loved to have seen more of, of Darcy and Jimmy and um, uh, the kids were cute. I wish, I, I wish it was something a little bit different with them, but you know, we've got more to come with them. You know, that's going to happen. Young Avengers is going to happen. We have pretty much every single character uh, involved with Young Avengers is involved in an upcoming property so you know that's down the road somewhere um but i just i i wish and i don't even know how to express it really i just wish there was a little bit something different and um but overall honestly i oral and i talked about this we've talked about it on the show this was what i was waiting for I I'm going to watch all the other properties. I'm going to watch the other shows. They're going to be fantastic as well. I'm sure. But this was what I was waiting for. And I, I walked away from it, loving it. My only other critique were the dangling plot threads that I don't know if they're going to pick up on because they felt central to this program. Like, so the post-credit scenes, we know, Monica's going to go to space. That's going to be Captain Marvel 2. Nick Fury's up in space, even though uh, Spider-Man Far From Home takes place a couple, I think, eight months after Endgame. This takes place three weeks after Endgame. We know that Fury is in space. We know that she said, a friend of your mother's. We all know that's going to lead there. We saw Wanda at um, 
Wondagore Mountain. I swear Bova's in there in the back pruning the roses. Like we heard Billy and, uh, and Tommy call out. We know that it's all going to lead somewhere. It's Mephisto. Let's just call it now. Uh, <laughs> but there were certain things like Jimmy's missing person. You know, like that plot thread. Just where does it go? I feel like there is no tie to something in the grander Marvel universe that is going to answer that question. Um, it, maybe I'm wrong and there will be a whole episode of, you know, uh, uh, armor wars or secret invasion. That's going to be tied to it in the future. I don't know, but uh, little things about like Dottie, like it just didn't feel right or a hundred percent full. And with the fact that Feige and the MCU, it's there's almost never not a reason for something that they do. I, I just feel like there were certain things in this show that felt central to this show that we might not get an answer for anymore. So if we do, great. I would counter with, so Collider, Collider wrote an article and it encapsulates, like the title alone encapsulates I kind of like what you're touching on, but WandaVision failed to deliver things that were never promised to me. And that's what they, like, like, well, okay. So we'll talk, let's, we'll, let's talk about that. But before we do, like, this isn't a fan theory. This is, this is just something that I'm pointing out from, uh, from what the show gave us that it didn't pay off. It's like Brian has talked about with tons of things on this show before um, having the gun, but not pulling the trigger. You know, like those little bits and pieces. So that's my only thing. And it's, again, a minute nitpick because I love this show. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about that article because I saw BJ had shared it and I did want to get into (laughs) it because that's a huge thing. Because so many people like to shit talk things afterwards because their expectations were let down because they were the ones that built up their own expectations. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened with Lost. And the reason the, why so many people were disappointed with Lost is because they had their own ideas of what the ending would be. And, I mean, things like when uh, Monica said she had an aerospace engineer. And um, was that lady in the next episode when they got the moon rover, the aerospace engineer? We don't know because <laughs> no name or rank was given to that person. Exactly. Is it Reed Richards? Who knows? But um... well, Oral, do you have the do you have the article up? Mm-hmm. Oral, why don't you go ahead and read like the first two or three sentences because it it pretty much encapsulates everything right in those okay. first couple of sentences. For two months now, I've gone on Twitter after episodes of WandaVision, and everyone has been speculating about what's to come. The astrophysicist that Monica Rambo, Tiana Paris mentioned. That has to be Reed Richards because a new Fantastic Four movie is in the works. Sure, they haven't even finished the script, and director John Watts is still working on Spider-Man No Way Home, and a major piece of casting like that almost always leaks out in some form, but I was promised by the internet that John Krasinski would play Reed Richards, which of course would mean his real-world wife, Emily Blunt, was also being cast as Sue Storm, a.k.a. The Invisible Woman. The internet said so, and because Monica said the word astrophysicist, that has to mean Fantastic Four. Twitter told me so. 
I mean, it, it legit encapsulates everything. And uh, from our Patreon discussion uh, a couple of weeks back, you said it best, Oral. You were like, a can of baked beans falls over. It's Mephisto. You know, yeah. everything was, <laughs> we were all dissecting all of those little bits and pieces and, and making up these like grand things. No, it was, it was, uh, I read another article that, um, where they interviewed the showrunner and he was just like, yeah, Dottie's just the person in the hex. He's, and he's just like, and we know people thought she might be a witch, but she's just a person in the hex. Like he's like, we did. He's like, we thought it might be trolling. Then we realized it was trolling and we're okay that it's trolling. Like, it's just one of those things where he's like, yeah, I like watching people drive themselves insane. I, I do too. Like it's great. And that's, that was one of the ultimate victories for me for the show is everybody losing their minds. But the whole thing with Dottie is that it was Agatha that pointed out to Wanda that Dottie was the center of everything going on. So mm-hmm. again, it was Agatha all along. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Okay. I love the... Um, I was reading something. I forget where it was. But it was like the... Agatha saw herself as the star of the show. So like when she comes up in the second episode and she's like... Ooh, it's the star of the show. Somebody was like, she's just talking about herself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it's fan theories and speculation are fantastic for what they are. And that's fan theories and speculation. And it kind of made me happy because as much as I love some of my friends, including some who have helped us with interviews before, love you, Jay. But when you are on social media and you're like, I know where this is all going. And then it doesn't go there. I love it. Like, that's fantastic because I, I've read source material too. I know where, where these comics, you know, like where stuff is, is brought from. But to see when we did our Patreon discussion, I think I even said, I, I would love to see it be a show about grief with no real big bad pulling the strings. But I don't think Marvel's going to give us that. I stand corrected, and I am a thousand percent here for it. To see Wanda go through, basically go through the five stages of grief from episode one to episode nine was amazing. It was phenomenal to watch. And for them to be able to fold a, a grief show into a Marvel format, I, I loved it. That was fantastic. Do I wish there was some other fun stuff that was thrown in there from the, from the fan theories and speculation? Yes, of course, because I'm a fan as well, and I would have loved to have seen it. But, you know, they, they, really, I think my biggest gripe is just, uh, who was the missing person? I want to know who they had to send sword to go help the FBI. Who was Jimmy Woo looking for? All right. So before we wrap it up and close it out for the uh, for this episode, why don't we do a quick round of now that we've seen the whole show, we've seen the post credit scenes, uh, we know it's down the pike. Give me one wild conjecture and speculation that you would love to see come out of WandaVision. BJ, give us yours. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and call it um, that Spider-Man No Way Home it's j- the whole kickoff point for that for that movie is going to be 
uh, while Peter's dealing with the fact that he's been outed, him, MJ, and Ned are literally just going to trip over one of Wanda's portals while she's punching holes in the in the universe. Like that's that's the most Peter Parker thing I can think of is that he literally just trips over a hole in the universe, and that's what kicks off No Way Home. So <laughs> I actually somebody on Twitter that I follow uh, when No Way Home got announced had uh, brought up something that they had posted a while back where they were talking about Peter and Ned and um, MJ basically kind of like you kind of in what you're saying, getting trapped in the multiverse and ending up in the, the amazing Spider-Man world, ending up in the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man world uh, and like having all these scenes where they're kind of like running through and having to kind of jump from reality to reality. And I'm totally here for it. So Fan yeah. speculation run rampant. If it, if I don't get that in Spider Man No Way Home, it's a it's a one out of ten for me. Uh, it's trash. <laughs> uh, Brian, rampant speculation from you. Now that you've seen all of WandaVision, I think the very last thing we heard was the the souls of uh, Billy and uh, Teddy. Tommy. Uh, be- Tommy. Sorry. Uh, terrible. God. Things, right. Uh, <laughs> It's the gay one is the only one I know. Um, uh, they're the both gay. By erasure. Yeah, I forgot about that. See, I, I guess I absolutely erased them. He was um, just in X Force or X Factor. X Factor. Hooking up with uh, Prodigy. You know, what's his name? Oh, that's Prodigy. Prodigy. Yeah. Really? Oh, yes. Okay, I do. I did remember that. Now. Okay. <laughs> and then, then having that whole sexually fueled uh, scene with North Star. Oh well, that was that was nice. Um. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they're going to have a Mephisto or something approximating Mephisto, if it's not full-on Mephisto, where Wanda sells her soul or does something terrible to bring her kids back. And that's, I like from the comics. I like, I like, I like the ideas of that peril for her. And I think that's a good arc uh, and believable. So I, I think that's where we're going. All right, Eric, wild conjecture and speculation that's going to make me hate it. Uh, whatever does come out, if it's not your actual fan theory, I don't know. I think I think in, I don't think Wanda is actually going to be the one to break the multiverse, but she's going to take advantage of it to go after and find an alternate reality that has her kids and steal them and bring them to ours, a la Fringe. Um, but it would just be awesome if. I know they'll never be together, and we already said it'll never happen, but if random other characters from Next Wave get introduced at some point in time, like, just give me Boom Boom. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Boom Boom, slash Boomer, slash whatever other... She, she has, like, five other names, doesn't she? Yeah. Gotta love her. Um, we're gonna save Oral for last, because whatever he says will probably end up happening. So my wild Damn conjecture skippy. is is that uh, we are going to get Mephisto and, uh, or I'm sorry, Master Pandemonium, and he's going to have baby arms. And it's going to be the souls of one of children. No! <laughs> Literal baby arms. <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, no, I, I definitely want to see either, um, either Mephisto or Nightmare or, um, I don't know how to pronounce it right, uh, Kathan, Chaton, whatever the demon god is that uh, um, was trying to utilize Wanda to break through the the 
the fabric of reality and come into our world, which lends itself to the dark hold ripping through reality. And, uh, Wondergore mountain was his like, uh, connection to this plane of existence, which I still say is where Wanda's having her, um, evermore slash folklore, uh, life right now. So that's, that's my speculation. Oral, why don't you close us out on this episode with, uh, some wild conjecture and speculation that will probably end up being right. Okay, so full-on Darker Than Scarlet is coming. Um, it is the final FU to Fox when they do a better Dark Phoenix saga that has nothing to do with the Phoenix. Uh, I totally concur with your Master Pandemonium with the baby arms. That is definitely coming. That is definitely coming. And I think Doctor Strange is going to be the reason why Wanda goes darker than Scarlet. Because he is not above manipulating people for better outcomes, knowing the cost and the price, because he let Tony die. And, you know, and granted, you know, he made the hero sacrifice, but whatever. So I think he's, you know, there's going to be a sense of jealousy because she is stronger than him. She was doing all of this on her own. I think he's going to make a mistake. She's going to go darker than Scarlet, and all hell will break loose. It'll be his fault. But for some reason, y'all always blame Wanda. That fucking redhead Jean Grey gets a pass, even though she ate a goddamn solar system. (laughs) No one cared about the broccoli people. And it was all retconned. It wasn't her. It was the the phoenix. She was healing in a cocoon in the uh, mm-hmm. in uh, mm. in in the bed. Sounds like sounds like the caucasity of Jean Grey. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me for this discussion about Wandavision. I am sure we could sit here all night and uh, nitpick and talk about all the little details. Uh, all of the little Easter eggs that were in all the episodes. And we could sit here and dissect the almost six hours of television that uh, Kevin Feige and the team at Marvel gave us. But I think this was a fantastic discussion. Um, We thank you, dear listeners, for hanging out with us. And uh, we want to hear what you have to say. Go post about uh, WandaVision on our Facebook page, on our Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to. Um, Come join our Discord. All of that can be found on our website, flameonshow.com. And you can check out our Rainbow Spotlight interviews on Mondays with Brian on his Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash flameonbrian. You can catch it on our YouTube channel, our Instagram, our Facebook. It's everywhere that uh, Flame On puts out great content. And we'll be coming to your ear holes on our podcast feed uh, starting very soon on our off weeks. So you'll get to hear some of those uh, Rainbow Spotlight interviews whenever you want to in your podcast feed. We are also on Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash flame on show. So go check us out, become a patron and uh, help support us as we make this show. And definitely if you're free on a Wednesday night, if you like playing games and I know a lot of us do, Pat's been doing Pat's Pat's brought back digital game night on Wednesdays with his bears in the city brand. So it's twitch.tv 
Bears in the City, right? Or is yep. it the? And I always get okay. yep. Twitch.tv forward slash Bears in the City. That is also linked on our um, our PlayMonShow.com website. Go under the section "We Like to Be Watched," and you'll find our uh, Twitch channels there. But yep, thank you. I am back on Wednesday nights. I'm back on my bullshit, playing games, talking to uh, a camera, and reading the things that get written in the chat. So come join us there. Come check out our Rainbow Spotlight interviews. Support our podcast. And um, yeah, thank you so much for joining uh, us for this episode. Thank you, boys, for joining me in this discussion. And uh, we will be thank back you for having in me. just about two weeks with our March full cast roundup of all good things pop culture in the month. So until then, bye, bitch. Bye. Bye. She was right. She was right. She did nothing wrong. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.